0: Today's show is brought to you by Coingaming and Permission.io. We'll hear more about those later on in the episode. Hey, everyone. I'm Charlie Shrem, and I'm here today with CZ, the founder and CEO of Binance.com. Binance, uh, CZ, thank you so much. You're actually, we're not even on my
1: show. We're on uh, a big Binance event talking today. Yes, I think so. I'm not sure if it's a Binance event, actually, but I was asked to talk here, so here I am.
0: I know they tell us to get in and we're here on the camera and we're talking, but um, yeah. this is such a great topic because um, we talking about bridging the gap between centralized finance and digital finance, uh, decentralized finance, bridging the gap between centralized and decentralized finance. I feel like up until now, this was never really um, a topic of conversation because everyone really looked at uh, crypto is custodial and non-custodial, right? So you'd have like not your keys, not your coin. Remember those days? Like don't keep your 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 crypto on uh, on exchanges. When you and I actually talked on on the show uh, a few months ago, we talked about that specifically. Of you know what's going to be the future of of this centralized and decentralized finance world, uh, and it, it kind of got to a point now where uh, it's coming to heads where you have the pros of decentralized finance, but also the cons of it. And you have more of the pros of centralized, you know, I don't like call it centralized finance, more like centralized, decentralized finance. Uh, How do you like see the whole landscape at this moment as we're talking today?
1: Yeah, I think the, um, I I think you understand it really well. And the way you describe it is centralized, decentralized finance.
0: That's the best um, way,
1: DCD. Yeah. DCF. So I think, yeah, so I think there uh, there are num- a number of different approaches. Some people like to make one giant leap forward and thinking like you gotta go full decentralized, you gotta hold your own keys, and then that's the that's the only way to go. Um, but to, look, if you look at if if we want mass adoption, ninety nine point nine percent of people today do not know how to hold their private keys properly, securely. So. Um, I think just three or four days ago, this is one guy on GitHub. He said he lost fourteen hundred BTC. Right, so that's one point five million dollars. So we see that all the time, actually. So, um, uh, so what we want to provide is basically, look, uh, we do have, we have both. We have a decentralized service. We have a centralized service. Um, but our centralized service services decentralized economy, right? So we we list defi coins. We list other uh, blockchain tokens, etc. So. I think there's a gradient scale of uh, I foresee incremental steps to get to the uh, ultimate goal of a higher uh, free, higher degree of freedom of money. So um, I think these two have to coexist for quite a while. Um, I think all the I, I can I can like, I think for individuals, uh, if you want to go fully decentralized, holding only decentralized assets, never use a centralized exchange, that's perfectly fine but for most of the population they will most likely be more comfortable using a using a combination of centralized and decentralized services so i think uh, that would be that's the current state it's a trade off you you know in some aspects there's a lot more risk when
0: it comes to fully decentralized finance uh there are in in some aspects a lot more rewards at least in the short term you know with the rises and the falls um but Decentralized, centralized finance, you know, the ability to just go to a, a a place like Binance or Nexo or whatever, you know, stake your tokens or your coins and earn interest, you know, above eight above eight percent without much risk because they're using a custodian like Bico or whatever. Um, that I still consider on the spectrum of like decentralized finance, even though it's being supported by centralized companies like yourself, because you need those companies in the meantime in in, in the interim. A lot of people are looking at this like, OK, um, finance is amazing. The, the banking system works in the world. But from where you're coming from and your perspective and where you work day to day, the financial systems don't work, you know, per se. And so that's who you're really going for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, there's risks, there's different type of risks in uh, different in both places. So with centralized uh, uh, services, if this you have counterparty risk, the guy can um, the exchange can run away, um, and that's a, that is a risk. And then the exchange can be hacked. Uh, in the decentralized world, um, smart contracts are not uh, bulletproof, right? We had we had we had DAO uh, got hacked. You can say Ethereum. that again. Yeah. So um, um, so that that's this is why we have ETH and ETC. Um, there was a rollback and a fork, etc. So. Um, so um, there's just different types of risks um, but we uh, uh we give choices to users, and I think anyone can choose for themselves, but saying that nobody uh, just because I use uh, one one version or the other, that means everybody else should use that, I think that's a wrong take. Um, we should just give people choice and uh, um, and it's over time people will uh, will just choose one, and today, the majority of people are still more comfortable. Uh, knowing in exchanges there, having a customer support to call up if they forgot forget their password, etc. So I think um, it's going to take a few... Incre- in my view, is it will take a few incremental steps to, to get to a more decentralized uh, financial world where even you know, I think in that world, the centralized services will still continue to coexist for some time to come, I think. During the during the uh,
0: 2017 crazy ICO bubble, you had... Thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of 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 projects and coins and tokens that just ended up being, you know, for better for for whatever reason they're not with us anymore. Uh, And a lot of people are comparing that fairly or unfairly with what's going on today, even though it's like such a small amount compared to what that was. But you know, you and I talked then, and I remember one of the things you told me was, um, out of all these projects, out of all these coins and tokens, if you can get just one or two good ones, it would be the success of this whole industry and we saw nowadays when companies do token sales they do it in a much smarter safer transparent way you see publicly traded companies like inx launching you know the ability to have uh, a security token so that's what we got out of that and and that's amazing yeah. what will we get out of the DeFi? not the central not i'm not talking about staking uh, usdc and earning 10 percent I'm talking about like the yield farming, swerve, curve, 30% overnight. What will we gain
1: from that? Well, I think, to be honest, I think that comparison is not unfair. So I think it is fair to some extent. I think for any new industry, any new sector, um, there's bound to be a very high number of failures. So uh, if you look at 2017, the ICO days, they, uh, looking back, there are a large number of uh, projects that's no longer there. Um, so we, there's a large number of failures, but there's also like projects that, was, that came through that and become very successful, Binance being one of them. Uh, we, came through the, uh, we came through the 2017 ICO uh, stage. So I think for DeFi, it's going to be a very, fairly similar situation. I think there's some fundamental concepts like, look, uh, staking, staking your coins and, get, uh, and those coins are used by an automated market maker with a known algorithm for market making to provide liquidity for other people to trade against and that provides better prices for other people and then the trading commissions are shared with you. I think that that concept works. Uh, I think that will stay. No, I think that's similar to the sort of uh, blockchain fundraising uh, uh that fundamental core concept works. What might not work or may not stay too long is um all the high incentives built uh, built on top of it. Okay, um let's uh, if this one gives you 8% yield let me give you 16% because I'm going to mm-hmm. issue a token and then um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna use that token as an additional incentive. And now it's like I don't know a thousand percent uh, annual uh, 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 annual yield. Um, I think those things will not last that long. Um, um, sooner or later, it's, it's gonna it's gonna come back to uh, come back to the ground. So if we, um, I think if people who are investing for just for those high super high return reasons, um, there are some really high risk tokens. Um, and um, but I think DeFi fundamentally the core concept probably will stay. And it's also uh, it's also actually impacting, um, cent, uh, it's actually teaching centralized exchanges where now there's a new way to stake and there's a value proposition on both sides. Now pe- you, you can tell people, look, stake your coins and then we, uh, that will be used by an automated market maker to boost liquidity. Um, I think that all makes sense. and to, In fact, we just copied that on the centralized exchange and we launched it over the weekend, this past weekend. So, um, and that's working, that seems to be working now. I did get that, that message. And
0: what, and what are you guys working on now with yield farming? I saw an email about that last week. So we
1: actually have a couple of different uh, service offerings. So what, one is what we call uh, Binance Liquidity Swap, which is a centralized service where you, um, uh, you, you deposit your coins into Binance Savings. And those coins will be used by an automated market maker on the centralized exchange in a very similar way to how decentralized exchanges work. Uh, so they will go at that, 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 those coins will be used to provide liquidity. So this way the order book should be quite deep. And then when other people want to trade against it, they'll get really good prices. And then the trading fees or any spread that, uh, that, uh, uh, that are made by those market makers are given back to the uh, guys as rewards, as staking rewards. So that we, we, we have copied onto the CFI. Um, we also launched a, what we call the Binance uh, Launch Pool uh, basically, if you stake um, before, but there was Binance Launchpad where you have to stake or lock some BNB to get a chance to buy into Launchpad IEO tokens. Uh, but now you just stake your BNB and the IEO tokens are actually uh, airdropped to you. Oh, so,
0: that's so cool.
1: Uh, so now you don't have, it's not just a chance. It's like, uh, if, you view, if, you view, if you view one BNB equals one BNB and one of the airdrop tokens equals one airdrop token, um, there's no risk. Uh, well, there's, there's close to zero risk. Um, the BNB do not uh, your BNB is not taken away. You just uh, locked there, and you just get this additional token. Um, the uh, if you compare it to USD prices, then the each token's price may uh, may uh, may vary over time. But it's a very simple thing where before you have to actually uh, lock BNB and then use additional money to buy the tokens, but now just stake it, and that's uh, that's yield. There's a third thing which we are also in, doing also together with the community is we launched the Binance Smart Chain, which is a blockchain that uh, supports Ethereum-compatible smart contracts. So if you have a smart contract on Ethereum, you can just copy that over and you can launch it. So we're hoping that more of the community will be able to launch more DeFi uh, smart contracts. Oh, I need contracts. to launch a smart contract.
0: I, I've been talking yeah. about launching my macro coin for like 33 years, but um, I never it, got it around C, to it. Control V. No, I know, but that would be a whole. I have a whole like social experiment idea, but that's 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 for when I'm not I'm not busy with other stuff. Um, this this not maybe a stupid question, but uh, a question that can only be answered by someone by by people in certain positions. But do you think uh, this wave of DeFi is pushing forward a bull market that we're in, or is it because because we're in like we went through this two year bear market and now we're in a bull market that DeFi is big. Like, which one is
1: causing each other or are they more going hand in hand? I think they're causing what they're, ca- I think they're going, they're kind of going hand in hand a little bit. Uh, but I think uh, DeFi definitely was one of the triggers for this bull run. Hmm. Um, I mean, basically, um, some of the things are really hard to predict, right? Like, even six months ago, if you tell me that stablecoin trading is going to be the next. It may be one of the next triggers for for the for the next bull run. I would be like I, I couldn't imagine that right. Stable no, coin. I couldn't uh, imagine but... <laughs> that
0: either. like, I was like, what? I have companies yeah, but... that, that have stable coins that that ask that are stable coins that hire me and say, Charlie, like our stable coin is not is not trading, and I say it's on a great exchanges, and I say, well, because it's not volatile and because it's stable coin. So no, who's the trade stable coin? <laughs> So we yeah. go and we change the whole model around and everything like that. Uh, it's very interesting how that works out. I love these. Pro- I love doing that for some of these projects and uh, coins and tokens, like changing their model and doing some cool token economics to them. It's fun.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So and 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 this time around, I think really the stablecoin trading really trick, may have triggered the uh, the bull run. Um, but then once the temperature is, uh, is triggered, then everyone pulls in and Bitcoin increases, BNB increases. All these other token increases. So, but I do think definitely DeFi probably is at least one of the triggers, if not the, the trigger.
0: There's a a lot of um a lot of Binance users were asking uh, the same question relating to, and uh, they they submitted questions on on Twitter and Facebook and everything. But they they need help um, avoiding scams. So that's like a first thing. It's like how do you know what product? Because now in, in, with with DAOs and decentralized finance. You very much are sending money to a smart contract. Obviously, not everyone can audit and read and understand them. But what are some basic things that someone could look at to avoid a scam? And on top of that, how do you think eventually this specific part of the industry will be regulated?
1: Uh, the, the second question is a lot tougher. I think the first one is really um, fairly basic. Um, don't, don't follow what other people say. Um, I think everyone needs to spend some time every day to read about it and test things out. Uh, before uh, well, buying into a token. Um a lot of people don't even read the white paper, don't even read the yeah. project description. They just say, okay, no, this one's gaining and some friend told them to buy it. Or it's simply listed on Binance, they just buy it. Um so those are super high risk uh, strategies. Uh well those are really just bad strategies. Um so I think for for anything that anyone invests in, um they they you everyone needs to put in the time to understand what they're buying. So um uh, so I think that's the really, really, there's no shortcuts around that. Uh, I mean, for Binance, we, try to do, we do try to select um, a popular project and try to weed out the pure scams. Um, and we recently had an incident with SushiSwap. And um, um, to be honest, the founder didn't do anything wrong, um, per se. He, uh, he, he told everyone that uh, the, founder, the founder tokens are unlocked. He has every right to sell it. Probably. But when he sold it... Yeah, but when when he sold it, uh, everyone panicked. The price dropped, and everyone's blaming us for uh, listing that coin. Um, so it's, it's it's just a. Re- so I think basically people need to understand in the new sector. Well, to be honest, in all of crypto, everything's super high risk. So um, uh, we do try to uh, do our best to select uh, these uh, decent projects, but we're not perfect. There's so- nothing
0: you can do about it. You have you know Coinbase gets sued because they don't list Bitcoin cash in the beginning. Remember when they, when Bitcoin forked and so there's really not, I mean, you're in a position where I hate to say it, but you're not going to make everyone happy. And you're, you're big enough to a point where when you build something that's worth taking, dude, people are going to want to take it from you. That's the point of
1: the world we live in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Build something worth taking. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I think that's, um, so yeah, it is what it is. Uh, We just, we just got to do our best and keep moving forward.
0: I've been talking about sportsbet.io and their clubhouse, which is a huge community. When you play, when you make a bet, when you do a spin, they pay you with free hands, cash back and bets. You can play all sorts of games and they've been doing this for so long in a free, fair and transparent way on the blockchain. Well, that's not why I'm excited today and why I'm talking to you about this, because now they're taking this community to the next level. By sponsoring the Southampton Football Club, you're talking about millions of British Football fans can now see the Bitcoin logo on the front and the sleeve of also the Walford Football Club. I mean, how amazing is that? You're talking about not sponsoring your company. You're talking about sponsoring Bitcoin and crypto. Millions of people around the world are now going to be seeing this and joining the sportsbet.io clubhouse to earn more points, to play games, and to be part of that community. There's really no other way that you can use and spend your crypto and then actually earn more back and be part of this whole community. So listen, make sure you guys join sportsbet.io forward slash podcast. Give them the support that they deserve because they're supporting us and me. Go play some games, get some free hands, get some free spins, and make sure you check them out and support them on the Southampton Football Club's first game. Whenever that's going to be, check it out. We've become okay with the fact that our big tech giants are selling our data. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. We use all these apps, and they take our data, and they sell it, and they make money. Why are we okay with that? My sponsor, Permission.io, has decided to figure out a way to take all that Silicon Valley power and put it back in the hands of you and me. You're asking yourself how? Well, check it out, Permission.io forward slash Charlie. They figured out a way that lets you take back control of your data and earn information, earn rewards, and earn content. You now have the ability to basically say, this is all my data. And when advertisers come along or people want to come along and buy that data, uh, you get a piece of the action. So check them out, permission.io forward slash Charlie. I love talking about projects that are cool. I love talking about different companies that are so cool and that support me because I want to support them. Permission.io forward slash Charlie. In in that sense, like doing your best and and continuing continuing to move to move forward. Um, you know, this is a question I I always wanted to ask you. But is there another company uh, historically? It doesn't have to be a company that exists today, or a, or a, 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 a an association, or a, a group of people that you look at in history and say they ran their business the way I want to run mine? Because I'm always wondering what what in your mind these common denominators that that make you steadfast when you're running a very large organization it's very easy to become unorganic the company can go all these different ways and all the people can can mold and form and change the the aesthetic or the, the feeling or the vibe of the company and that could change everything that can make a company fail right is there are there any i, I i've always wanted to ask you this are there any companies like in history or people that you kind of look at and say what would that person do or how how did they run their
1: their 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 shit um, i think um the answer there is um there are a lot of great companies, but i think most of those companies are not in a stage where they um uh, most companies go have a they have a different direction they have a different goal um so if you read a lot of books that's built to last good uh, to great uh, that's how to uh, how to how to build a billion dollar trillion dollar company et cetera but all of those uh, all of those things view a company as a entity. So they view a company as, or, or, or as an organization. Um, I think what, if you look at organizations, you can look at religion or some other things that actually uh, survive over time. But they're, they, they they generally don't have a a, a business model around it. Uh, some of them do, maybe. But um, I think um, religion has a good. business model. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I did have to correct myself there. Um, so. Um, but f- I think for for us, uh, for for me, uh, for for us right now, we're growing so quickly, so we're really just trying to learn how other startups, how our, how other organizations have gone through our phase with like a, a uh, twelve hundred to fifteen hundred people, uh, phase to two two thousand people maybe. I think longer term, we have to think about, um, or at least I want to think about how do we decentralize a centralized entity. So uh, how do we decentralize a centralized exchange? I think this is. We're at a point where we may have a unique opportunity to do this, whereas previously the other organizations may not have this chance. Um, in the sense that, when we, for example, when Binance started, we're dealing with only crypto, and um, uh, we are able to not be centralized in one place. And uh, going forward, we can we can, we can actually go, we can I think this is possible to decentralize the entire organization, even the centralized yeah. part. So well, it's that's going to be that. a challenge.
0: It's not just that there's a, there's a bit, I'm waiting for the first company to do it. Uh, Well, I know there are a few small, like there's one project, uh, saga that I work with, that they're doing it, but I know uh, a few companies that are trying to do it, um, but potentially let your whole board be outvoted by token holders. And so when you have, like, if you think about it, like that other project I mentioned, when you have like all the founders and everyone have to like run for election to stay, uh, part of the company. How cool is that? Uh, I don't think you guys should do that now, but down the road, that could be something like um, launching a an advisory board that works closely with your team. That's just advisory, but these advisory board people get elected by other to- you know B and token holders. Have you ever thought about anything like that?
1: Uh, we definitely have have thought about it. It's cool. Um, I think yeah. So I think basically uh, we have to be a, b- a bit more mature. Yeah, uh, for some of the more mature, stable, uh, uh, and large user-based c- type of areas, we can, we, can, we, can, we can definitely try that. So I think we definitely want to try that in, in the future. So I think it's going to be some really interesting ex- experimentation there. Uh, whereas, um, this, th- again, I think there's pros and cons in each way. Uh, the more decentralized way of running an organization, the decentralized govern- governance is more fair and potentially more uh, inclusive um uh i think for early stage organizations it's less um it's less efficient because everything you got to organize a vote uh, yeah. etc and then um there's only so many things you can vote um so um there there are pros and cons in each in each way but i think as um i i totally want to make binance a decentralized organization going for like in the long run so we'll see how that goes we um, we we all can all, we can also do it piecewise. so yeah, the you binance could do Dex, it yeah um, and a number of things we, we, uh, they will start as decentralized. Um, but, uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to, how to decentralize the centralized. Exchange. I don't know.
0: How would you, I mean, how would you do that? Uh, you, you, you are doing it in a forward way. I've been watching, you know, by, by launching, um, various, uh, Binance in, in different countries and different uh, regions to allow for, for the people that work there and, and use those regions to like be the ones working. I, I see that. And that's a great step forward. Uh. But it's not just a binance thing. I don't know how companies in general would, would further decentralize themselves, because as I see it, there are no legal precedents right now that it would accept like a shareholder, voter or whatever using tokens. So I don't know how you would really need that first person through the door. And unfortunately, a lot of people are scared because they get, you get the first person to the
1: door gets shot. Um, I think we have a unique advantage there in the sense that, number one, we don't have a large number of um, external shareholders. So we have very low number of uh, uh, we have a, a very small percentage of equity that's owned by external, <laughs> and then um, the second thing we have a token. So, um, story. so as you said, so the, the the team that wants to do this uh, needs to uh, be incentivized by the token. So for a company that doesn't have a token yet, they want to issue it, and the investors may or may not buy it. And then if they have a large number of um, institutional investors, they have a board, um, so they do all of this. But they, then they're kind of on the uh, traditional rails. They may be going chasing the IPO, et cetera. So it's harder for them. Whereas for Binance, I think this is a very unique situation where we may have we may have the right ingredients to do this, to try this. So we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, it's it would be such a cool, uh, fun experiment to see. And, and I think, like you said, if they're if there was more of a utility or a reason to do it, like if all the shareholders were all over the world or they, they you needed to have like a, like a a company that uh, where the people, the shareholders didn't like know each other potentially. So, I mean, you can have all these different things. Uh, it would be, it would be really cool uh, now that I'm thinking about it, but I don't want to get super lost in that rabbit hole. Um, do you think, do you think uh, the 20, do you think 2017 in general shaped our, economy that we know it today, and if yes, the industry that we know it today, how will it be shaped by, you know, decentralized finance or decentralized, centralized finance, which is what I like to call it now after talking to you, DCF, decentralized, (laughs) centralized finance, DC, DDD, (laughs) whatever.
1: Yeah. So I think uh, 2017 definitely taught the industry um, a lot in terms of what the blockchain can do, uh, what smart contracts can do. And also, uh, maybe we were over hot at one point. Um, so 2018, 2019, during the crypto winter, I think 2017, a lot of people got into the industry. And afterwards, there was a crypto winter. Um, so I think that helps to a, lot, uh, to a large extent in terms of uh, not going overly crazy with this DeFi. I don't know, maybe, maybe it hasn't taught us anything. No. Um, <laughs> But, uh, um, but I think overall, though, um, 2017 was probably the, the, the highest number of uh, people that got into crypto. And I think we're kind of slowly climbing back up to that number now. Um, so uh, I think uh, for DeFi going forward, I think also, I think blockchain fundraising is a killer app and it will stay. So I think that's also contributed by the 2017 ICO. That's not changed. Um, that's still uh, happening. It's still happening. Yes. So uh, we are still uh, we are still doing Launchpad IEOs or uh, other ways to help blockchain pro- projects raise funds. So I think for DeFi going forward, um, um, it's hard to say. But I, I do I do think the automated market maker market maker concept are uh, adaptable uh, is a good fit for many coins that, that that are highly correlated. So they don't really go um, one way over time. Yeah. So I think that model probably do uh, uh, well work to a large extent. And I think people will, will try to come up with more and more uh, innovative uh, market maker models so that, that, uh, so that uh, um, people can stake co- uh, coins and get a reward. So I think that probably will stay. Um, the rest, I really don't know. How can this technology be applied to like the
0: real world um, with like staking and coins at the real world? But... Um I'm trying to understand why the concept of staking, uh, you know, you never thought of a company in the stock market saying, "Hey, stake your 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 stock or your warrants or whatever," and you could earn a specific type of interest or the ability to tokenize cash flow, you know, things like that. I I don't understand. Did we
1: need blockchain technology to make these things happen? Um, I think. Well, conceptually, we didn't need blockchain technology at all to make this happen. But the traditional world has gone more into the sort of uh, um, the game's being played for too long. Everybody knows, well, most, a lot of people yeah. who, are, uh, uh, who have a lot of money knows the rules of the game. Basically, multiple series of funding, the VCs want you to IPO and you IPO and then dump on the retail investors. Um, there's a dividend payout, um, but it's typically tiny, especially for stock, for technology companies. So, um, so and the CEOs gets uh, gets a big bonus when they push a stock price to a certain certain level. They use the company money to buy back. Um, so that's all, that's all that game that's being played. And it, and um, so um, and a lot of people know the rules of the, know the rules of the game and they game it right. So that's happening there. Uh, and the government have no choice but to print large quantities of money, new money, yeah. and which devalues everybody else's holdings, uh, fiat holdings. So I think with crypto now. Uh, to be honest, if you look at all the new token issuances, uh, all the new token rebates, that's the same as printing money. But Bitcoin it's is less a inflation;
0: <laughs> it's more
1: fair. <laughs> so, that. but yeah, but if you look at a single coin, if you look at Bitcoin or like a BNB or like a, 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 a single coin, then um, uh, there are coins with no inflation. So, but the diff- big difference there is that people have a choice not to uh, not to convert into those new tokens. So. Uh, there's a there's a fundamental difference there, but um, so I do think, um, yeah. So I think uh, in theory, everything that we're doing now on decentralized finance could have been done on centralized uh, stocks, uh, equity, etc. But it's just that uh, there's no incentive. Uh, uh, the biggest problem there, I actually think, is the uh, uh, the central intervention of printing unlimited amount of money, making people poor over time, and then people, of course, don't don't want that to happen. So if there was, say, look, there's a limited supply of U.S. dollars and that's it. Um, and I think the, uh, the, the same problems can be solved. Uh, the, well, the problems that uh, crypto is trying to solve can be solved in the traditional finance. I actually think for, um, so there are many governments who are like a little bit nervous about uh, blockchain, cryptocurrencies, etc. I actually think the best way to sort of slow down the crypto adoption is to make the traditional finance with, uh, better with high degree of freedom, easy to use low transaction fees, if, if all of those features can be brought into the traditional finance and people, have, people will have less incentives to adopt uh, blockchain, uh, blockchain currencies.
0: Yeah, but we don't want that to happen. We want everyone to use <laughs> blockchain. I see your point. The point is, yeah. to create. To, you created an alternative, better system, people use us, but at the same time, the traditional finance world, they are learning from us. Uh, they're learning from our industry, whether it's very slowly, they still are learning for industry and they're bridging that uh, gap between traditional finance and, you know, decentralized, centralized finance, which was actually the topic of this show. So okay. uh, to wrap it all up, thank you for for taking the time and coming today. And I think the takeaway here is what we've learned and tell me if I'm wrong, is that the community is for now is OK with the centralized, decentralized version of of, of defi that we have right now but uh but understand your risks know the scams and know the differences uh
1: is there anything else that i missed there um i think that's a pretty that's a pretty uh clear summary um yeah i don't really have much to add (laughs) and are there are there binance
0: communities that people can join uh for the in their local languages if they have questions or they need some help
1: hand-holding Oh, yeah. So, um, Binance now, ha- we have probably close to 100 Telegram groups, uh, and they're, they're organized by different languages. Um, uh, the English ones about 100,000 people-ish. Wow. Um, uh, like we have Spanish, Russian, uh, you name it, Turkish, you name it. So, uh, we do have um, a different... Uh, 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 divided by language. We also provide customer support in uh, about 17 languages now. So uh, if you uh, to try, try to chat with us, chances yeah, are we it's may be fun. <laughs> so we we some probably have rooms. somebody, Yeah, you know, so we probably have somebody who speaks your language uh, yeah, and we're agree. trying to add more. So we're definitely trying to do that. And we are running more local events uh, to try to teach people meetups, et cetera. So uh, we're definitely trying to do our part to sort of uh, spread, uh, spread this industry. Awesome. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Charlie.